0: Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsors. The Angler Magazine of the Great Smoky Mountains and the Upstate covers fishing and outdoor-related activity from Knoxville, Tennessee to Abington, Virginia, all the way down to Columbia, South Carolina, and everything in between. They are a local magazine with national reach. The Angler Magazine of the Great Smoky Mountains and the Upstate is ready to take you on your adventure to the outdoors. Sunrift Adventures and Historic Traveler's Rest, South Carolina, has been outfitting the foothills for over 37 years. With the best boats, bikes, tents, and more. With great brands, Sunrift has you covered for every adventure. Stop into Sunrift Adventures' unique outdoor shop and say hello today. Go to sunrift.com for more information. That's sunrift.com. The Angler Magazine of the Great Smoky Mountains and the Upstate covers fishing and outdoor-related activity from Knoxville, Tennessee to Abington, Virginia, all the way down to Columbia, South Carolina, and everything in between. They are a local magazine with national reach. The Angler Magazine of the Great Smoky Mountains and the Upstate is ready to take you on your adventure to the outdoors. Wilkesboro, North Carolina, located in the rolling foothills of northwest North Carolina, is a paradise for outdoor enthusiasts. More than 40 miles of intense mountain biking trails, serene river tubing, record fishing, thrilling disc golf, and epic hikes, all located within minutes of their historic and charming downtown district with monthly concerts, movies, and events. To learn more, visit explorewilkesboro.com. A one-of-a-kind experience is what awaits you at French Broad Adventures. Canyoneering is an adventure sport that combines multiple outdoor adventures such as hiking, boulder hopping, and waterfall repelling to traverse down a canyon typically formed by an ancient river. Until recently, canyoneering in the United States has been accessible mostly in the southwest, but exploration of the rivers and waterfalls throughout western North Carolina has turned up exquisite canyons and pristine waterfalls perfectly suited for this emerging sport. French Broad Adventures can take you where the average tourist will never get to go. An experience. Firsthand, the waterfalls and river canyons that make this area so spectacular. Visit FrenchBroadAdventures.com for more information or to book your trip today. Sunrift Adventures and Historic Travelers Rest, South Carolina has been outfitting the foothills for over 37 years with the best boats, bikes, tents, and more. With great brands, Sunrift has you covered for every adventure. Stop into Sunrift Adventures' unique outdoor shop and say hello today. Go to sunrift.com for more information. That's sunrift.com. Welcome to Matt and Michelle Outdoors, where we take you to the best destinations of the Southern Appalachian Mountains and the foothills to explore the outdoors, enjoy dining, recreation, lodging, and shopping. We also want to make sure to introduce you to the influencers, innovators, and leaders in our outdoor economy. What we have coming up right now is Lauren Pyle. She's with Environmental Educators of North Carolina. Glad to have you here. Um, Your first time not only... On this show, but first time on radio, you were saying during the break. Um, and so I'll make it easy to start off with a couple of standard questions, okay? Uh, first is, where are you from originally? And second, how'd you get involved doing what you do today with environmental educators of North Carolina?
1: Certainly. Well, I grew up in Gastonia, North Carolina, so just west Not of Charlotte far. there. Yeah. And I grew up actually coming to the mountains as a child for a couple weeks every year to spend time outdoors. So we'd go camping as a family and spend a lot of time up here. And so I think coming to where I am now, I ended up here completely by accident. I never knew that this is gonna be the pathway that I had. As a child, I always thought I was gonna be a veterinarian for wildlife very specific niche field. I thought that was going to be the pathway that I went to. And then uh, over time, I tried out being a backpacking guide. I taught skiing for a while. I worked as a wildlife biologist. And then I moved to Asheville and got a job at the North Carolina Arboretum and fell in love with environmental education. So for me, it was that opportunity to combine working with people and then sharing my love for the outdoor world with pretty much everyone I got to talk to, which was fabulous. And so that's sort of been my trajectory. Yeah, and that's
0: that's really cool. Um, just on the show a little bit earlier, Ann Smith from Leapfrog Tours was on talking about the Arboretum and the partnership there and being able to bring people in and learn and and the collaboration and everything. So we've got an Arboretum theme running through the show today. That's really cool. Um, so tell people about Environmental Educators of North Carolina.
1: Certainly, we are a nonprofit network of educators that work statewide. And so if you think about it, it if you might have grown up playing in the woods, being in the creek, building a fort in the yard, Kids today aren't doing that. And so I'm part of a network of hundreds of educators who teach in all kinds of settings across the state working to change that.
0: That's really awesome. And I am, I am one of those kids, you know, with the forts underground in the trees or on the ground. Sinkholes were our friends, um, you know, um, catching the tadpoles in the creek and, and everything else. And I, I've, got, I've got two sons that are 12 years apart. My oldest son had that similar experience, but now my youngest son, who's now 14, you know, yes, he goes out and does things with me, but the day-to-day stuff isn't what it was even for his older brother that was just 12 years before him. So something has really changed. I don't know if it's Internet or video game consoles being so realistic. I don't know, but it's definitely changed.
1: Yeah, there's a lot that's changing in terms of human connection to nature. It's actually been coined in the phrase. If you haven't heard it before, nature deficit disorder, and so the author I'm Richard Louv has put that <laughs> together. Yeah, nature deficit, deficit disorder, and so. Environmental education is one of many strategies that people are using to sort of combat this and to change that face and to change that story so that we can get people together to understand their natural world and then think about making informed choices to interact respectfully with the natural world and preserve and safeguard our resources for the future.
0: So what's the process then? What does an engagement with environmental educators in North Carolina look like?
1: Certainly. So what we do is we help to bring people and organizations together. We, our mission is to provide professional development, build connections, and promote excellence in the field of environmental education. And so we are a group of people that come together and first and foremost. So we have professional development events, we have networking events, we try to um, encourage sharing of resources because sometimes all you need is a lesson plan or somebody to talk to about risk management procedures or how can we can incorporate this into a strategy that we're working on.
0: So as an example, when I was in school, Um, I remember it was Miss Fafford, who was the fourth grade teacher. I think she's now the superintendent of the school systems there. Not a surprise. She's awesome. But um, aside from nicknaming me Motor Mouth Matan in fourth grade, that was a little bit foretelling, some foreshadowing there. Um, But she used to lead nature walks. And, and the whole class we'd go out and we would collect different things and we'd learn about them and everything. And that ended up being duplicated across many of the schools in that whole area. Is that the kind of thing you're talking about where you can help support and, and create the avenues or the curriculum or the guidelines for teachers to be able to do things like that?
1: Yeah, that's definitely one example of, yeah. of a way that environmental education can be seen in action. It also is the thing that If you go to a local park and go to a public program on owls, that might be an experience of environmental education. If you go and uh, go to the museum and you learn about soils or the water table from our amazing nonprofits in town to talk about the water cycle, see all their tables at the local festivals. Uh, So there's a lot of different ways, and sometimes it's that sharing of resources and that feeling of community to help really learn from each other that really Mm -hmm. helps people be better educators to provide better experiences for students And
0: and I think too you know just as my experience with two sons and a stepdaughter is that if you can find that curiosity trigger you know you can, it, it opens up a gateway to a lot of other learning. I'll give you a, a prime example. Um, my youngest son, no interest in math whatsoever. All of a sudden they start learning about Fibonacci and they start using nature and examples and seashells and flowers and all this kind of stuff. And, and his mind was blown. He's like, dad, have you ever seen this? Have you heard of it? This? this makes no sense. How is this even possible? How's it? And he got really excited. Nature did that. Nature got him excited about math.
1: Yeah. And there's a lot of research to back that story up. As someone who taught for 10 years firsthand, I could tell you a whole bunch of stories that sound just like that. Yeah. From students I've seen. I was thinking from a dad's yeah. perspective,
0: but you can you can approach it from a, from an education and scientific standpoint of like, look, it's been studied, it's been documented, it's been measured, it's real. And so it's something where great that if there's if there's opportunities in education or organizations or after school clubs or whatever. Um, but even in a household with parents and everything, you know, it's why we talk so much about just get out in nature. Just go out and do something. You know, John read a few things by John Muir. That, if that doesn't get you fired up, I don't know what would. You, you know, those kind of things.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of shifting within our field from – taking nature from something that's nice to have to something we need to have. Mm -hmm. Because as our world is changing, our health and well-being and economic prosperity as human beings is tied to the environmental world. You know, especially here in Western North Carolina where we have such amazing outdoor recreation opportunities and people come to this space for our natural resources.
0: Yeah, well, and and we just had a story, I, I posted it on Matt and Michelle Outdoors on the Facebook page, but in Scotland, doctors can now prescribe time in nature it's an actual prescription they'll write the order you must spend this many hours in nature xyz i mean so they've they've recognized the benefits of it um, and i mean it, but it hits all the different pieces of the triangle it hits your physical health it hits your mental health it hits your spiritual health you know, from my perspective, that's what I believe.
1: And the, the research is backing you up on that. So you're yeah, ahead of the game. Yeah, it's, it's it's one of those pieces right now. See, that's, radio
0: guys can say smart stuff once in a while, too. <laughs>
1: yeah, and there's a lot of research coming out from big name universities like NC State and Stanford that are showing that environmental knowledge is just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, So there's a lot of things, even what they talk about with 21st century skills, things like leadership, public speaking, collaboration, creativity. Environmental education helps to foster those. So whether you just feel like you want to be connected to nature, or you want a really good workforce in the next 10 to 15 years. It's a really great strategy, whether you're a teacher, a parent, or even a local um, business professional to help encourage in your community.
0: Yeah. Do you, um, you know, switching gears a little bit, um, one of the things we want to do with the show is also be a resource where those of us that are involved in the outdoors or in the outdoor economy and things, how we can kind of learn from each other. And I think part of the Part of the recipe to learning from each other is sharing our own stories and experiences. You you went through real quick all these different things you had done, but it seems to me, just in that quick drive-by, and I wanted to kind of dig a little deeper on it, but it seems like each of those probably prepared you in one way or another to be more effective at what you're doing now. Does it look that way? When you look back, do you see a trail, whereas it might have seemed random at the time?
1: Oh, definitely. I can definitely see the pathway, even starting from childhood when I would spend those times building the forts. My dad, every time he came home from work, we were outside doing something. Mm-hmm. And so even from that early age, now in hindsight, I definitely can see how that led me to where I am it's now. It's
0: funny you say that. Um, I had an interview with um, with a business owner in West Asheville, and she said um, she had read an article that that said something about what you did when you were five or six is what you're meant to do. And, and if you find your way back to doing that in adult life, you're going to find that happy balance, you know? And I mean, that's a summary of a full conversation, but I, I thought back and I was like, the things I was doing when I was five, six, seven years old, I was like, holy cow. Yeah. Those traits, those things that I enjoyed, the things that maybe got me in trouble sometimes and now don't, <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, it, it's interesting. You know, the, the the things that are programmed into us and the human experience and our own skill sets and gifts and things that we enjoy um, it seems to me that with with environmental education it's a way to kind of protect some of those original i don't know i don't know i'm, I'm about a lack for words which is not very common um, but those original pieces those cornerstones of us as individuals that it seems to me that environmental education or outdoor experiences and everything, time in nature, can help to preserve the clarity of what those cornerstones are in our lives.
1: Yeah. yeah. I definitely. Yeah, I'm getting my preacher's chair on now, <laughs> you know. But
0: um, so let's talk about. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about the change and and you know what you call what was it? You, what was the phrase that I said? I wanted to write down. I didn't write it down. Something about deficit.
1: Nature deficit disorder.
0: Nature deficit disorder. NDD. Um, yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we got to make a shirt. Fight NDD. Um, is there information on? on the main factors to that and everything, where people listening either at home with how they schedule screen time or anything like that, what are some things to look at that um, are red flags on what we can kind of address in our home and business situations?
1: You know, I don't think I can speak to a single red flag. Um, so for anybody who's wanting to learn more, there's an author. His name is Richard Louvre. He was the one who coined the term, and he's absolutely fabulous. And so to read his works would go into it because there's a lot of different pieces going on. Yeah. You know, some of it is the, the advent of technology. And so as we're much more tied into our screens than we are into other places, there's also – a cultural shift in terms of how we think we should spend our time what our time should be good for you know kids used to be turned out as soon as they got home from school go play outside come back by dinner time mm-hmm. and now there's a big push to say well from this time to this time we have this activity and now we have this activity and then your sibling has that activity so there's a lot of pressures and pushes um, that are shifting away from that in addition nature's becoming harder to get to in a lot of places. Mm -hmm. So it's not something that everyone has in their backyards in the same time, you know, with increasing urbanization and even um, within other communities, there's sort of sometimes a a concern about being out by yourself that you don't know the right thing to do, so you don't want to try it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I think finding like-minded communities for anyone who's wanting to get out more, we're really lucky in this area that we have tons of amazing parks, resources, you know, there's the nature center, there's chimney rock, there's the arboretum, there's grandfather mountain, not too far from here. There's the fish hatchery down in the Pisgah National Forest. There are all these amazing places you can go to have very great introductory experiences that can build towards more once you kind of get your feet wet.
0: Yeah. And, you know, that's going back, you know, I was just talking about how, um, at the start of this, you know, we're, we're hearing from people, that, are, you know, listen to the show or listen to the station um, and all the other programming that's on Biz Radio Asheville. And then they stumble into the outdoor show and they hear these stories. They hear about these different things. And, and already people saying, oh, we've never done this before. You know, oh, we've never just the family go out on a boat for the day, you know, and paddle around or something. Or um, like we had a, a thing on Lake Julian and they're like, I had no idea there was – such exposure to nature right there in South Asheville. I always thought it was just a power plant thing. And like, no, you can go ahead and rent a boat and you can paddle around that cove in the corner. You'd never know you were right in the middle. You'd think you're out in the middle of nowhere, you know, and then pull your boat up in front of the restaurant and have lunch right there on the side of the water. There's all kinds of things available to folks, um, from novice all the way up to expert. But one of the things I wanted to talk to you about too was, um, you know, with the network that you have in Environmental Educators of North Carolina – Is there some kind of way to network or plug in for people that are in the outdoor economy on how to learn some different techniques or or ways they can improve what they're doing?
1: Yeah, definitely. So we are a membership-driven organization, and uh, so anyone is welcome to be become a member of our organization. And we host events throughout the region that provide opportunities for people to get together. And someone who might be working more on the economy side might not see themselves as environmental education, but there's a lot of intersection between mm-hmm. them. Uh, I think that's actually how I got hooked into environmental education mm-hmm. was as a I taught a P.E. credits, backpacking, hiking, and skiing at my university. And I was always that person who was like, no, we have to stop the tour to look at the salamander. (laughs) Like, Everyone, gather around. Teachable moment. Uh, And so I think by coming to events and coming to find those people who share that passion, that – People will be able to find ideas, resources, lessons, if that's what they're looking for, activities, even just like fun ways to weave it into what they're doing. Because if you're teaching Leave No Trace ethics because you want to sell a really great backpacking experience, it's only – one more small step to thinking about how that leave no trace is more than but, you know just I, that.
0: But I, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's maybe just a cultural thing here in our region. But so many of the people that have been on already on the show, uh, whether it's angler guides, and they talk about you know water quality and they talk about habitat preservation and and proper handling of fish and being mindful of you know if you're wading in the stream, there are these species that they're not just straight up fishing guides they're also trying to teach people about being good stewards um... whether you know talking about climbing uh... we were, you know last week we were talking about climbing here in western north carolina and there was a real emphasis on you know leave no trace ethics when out there um... think about uh... we talked about mushroom tours and we talked about the mushrooms of western north carolina and trying to teach people this is you know so i'm seeing pretty much across the board at least from the outdoor economy folks that it's not just about, oh, this is something I want to get paid to bring people and have this experience in nature. They do take on the spirit of an educator. They are very much focused on how can I not only give them an experience as visitors or residents doing a new experience, they also want them to leave going, oh, I understand it more.
1: And that's amazing. We are so lucky that we have so many providers in this area that, that think that way not everybody's talking to each other. And so that's right. I think where our organization that's why comes we in. Made this. <laughs> yeah, it's because we want to get people talking to each other because yeah. if you have one fly fishing guide that's working down on the Nanahala River who's doing something if they're not talking to people working in other parts of the state, they might have great resources, great opportunities. You know, maybe there's a bridge for that fly fishing guide in who's who's working out in the field to talk to people who are doing trout in the classroom. Uh, which is another link of the program that happens in this area. And so our hope is that by bringing people together, that that's where the magic happens. It's just when you put all these amazing, passionate people in the same room, that they go, oh, you're doing this, I'm doing this. How can we work together so that we can sort of play off of each other and really provide multiple experiences so that we can all work towards a shared vision?
0: Yeah, and and I think that was really evident, too. It was quite a validation for folks that were at the Outdoor Economy Conference last month. Um, You know, it was it was quite an exclamation point of like wow this is a lot of people and we're all focused to the same goals when you have over 500 people gathered together in a room all saying we want to make a living but we want to make a difference that's powerful you know and and so i I love it i I love the idea because i believe that so much and and you know we were talking off air about you know motivations on why we started matt and michelle outdoors was precisely so that we could bring attention to the things like what you're doing at Environmental Educators of North Carolina where bringing people together, let them network, let them share resources and ideas and support each other and everything. It's a beautiful thing. And it, and it doesn't just improve their business capabilities. It also helps improve the sustainability of our own region. You know, and and, and so... I'm looking at the time. We've already blown through time. It goes by so fast. I want to make sure that I give you an opportunity to give an invite before we close out things. What is the best way for people to connect with environmental educators in North Carolina, maybe find out the calendar of when these meetings are, find out about membership.
1: Yeah, certainly. The best way to connect with us is through our website. So our website is www.eenc.org. And so that's where we post resources. We post updates. We actually just launched a new equity in the environment online research library. Um, So we have hundreds of articles, webinars, videos, podcasts for people who are exploring that intersection between equity and justice and the environmental world. Uh, So all of that can be found through our website or um, we're also very active on social media. You can find us on Facebook.
0: All right. Very good. So educators out there looking for, you know, connecting for some additional insights or resources on what to utilize in the classroom. Businesses out there, how can you educate yourself to give a better experience, a more impactful experience with your customers? I mean, there's just so many different ways for people to connect. There. Um, I always like to end in every um, conversation I have with a question that is born out of the conversation. Okay, and what I wanted to ask you is more on a personal level for folks out there. Um, you know, you. It sounds like you've really followed where gravity pulled you. Um, that's a very fear. That's a very fearful thought for a lot of people. What word of encouragement or advice would you give to people about following the gravity of where you feel pulled as far as what you do and work?
1: I think coming back to grounding for why you do it is very critical. Uh, And so for me, I think back to a phrase that my mom used to use as a send off when we were children, you know, going away to camp for a week. And the phrase my mom would always say is, you know, goodbye. I love you. Have fun. Be safe. Make the world a better place. And for me, coming back to those pieces to saying, am I having fun? Is, am I providing a safe environment? And am I trying to make the world a better place? Falling from place, job to job, position, roles, as I'm transitioning through all of those pieces, I think falling back to that guiding principle of what really drives what I do has always been a really critical factor. Oh,
0: that's great advice. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, Lauren Pyle, uh, again, is our guest. And, uh, and folks, do check it out, eenc.org. Dot Dot All right. I, I want to make sure I got the extension right on that. Thank you so much for hanging out here on the show with me.
1: All right. Thank you. All
0: right. We're going to take a quick break. More conversation continues right after this. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.